0: We've been covering the Pittsburgh Steelers draft moves
1: and top 30 visits, and we'll get to some of that. But we want to talk about what have the Steelers done and what do the Steelers need to do to continue developing Kenny Pickett to put him in the best situation for his second year in the NFL. We'll talk about that here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined today by Ray Fittipaldo, our Steelers beat writer. We'll also be talking Pirates with Jason Mackey. It's going to be a fun-packed show right here for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Again, we're joined today by Ray Fittipato, our Steelers beat writer for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can get all our Post-Gazette content at post-gazette.com. You can also check out all of our video and audio content on your favorite podcasting app or right here on YouTube. Like this video if you see it on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to catch all of your daily content from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette But the North Shore Drive podcast. We are Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We're wrapping up the week this week. Ray... We're getting to some of the top 30 visits that you've been keeping track of and doing a diligent job of doing that, but I, I want to talk to you from the angle of we can't lose sight of the Steelers got their quarterback last year, the guy that they see as their future franchise quarterback in Kenny Pickett, and he's been working out during the offseason. We've seen that, and we've we've talked about some of the guys that they're bringing in, but how much do you think that this upcoming draft is about building around Kenny Pickett. We've seen him add offensive linemen to the interior in free agency. There's talk about offensive tackle. There's talk about some receivers, but how much of making of reinforcing Kenny Pickett are, are, is the focus right now versus just bettering the overall roster, including the defensive side of the ball.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a priority for them, Chris, but I think, um, you know, based on what they did not do in free agency, I think they're going to take a receiver in this draft. I just don't know if it's going to come super early. Like I'm thinking pick 80, pick 120, maybe pick 49. You know, they might address it if, if there's a receiver there that that they really love. Just the way I look at it, this is the team that's built around its defense. Yes. Uh, this is an offense that is uh, they're trying to build a a strong running game with a rookie quarterback or a second year quarterback. And they want to give him weapons, but um, you know, I think the focus is going to be on the running game and you already have Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Pat Fryermuth. I think you could pick up a number three, number four receiver, say in the third round or in the fourth round and get that guy going. And maybe by the middle of his rookie season, he could be a contributor for you, but you know, any talk of Jordan and Addison like at 17 or 32, <laughs> I just – I can't buy into that, right? I just – I feel so you. Cool.
1: I agree with you. They're not yeah. doing that.
2: Yeah. So I, I think the sweet spot for me is probably third round or fourth round, but because they have that second extra – excuse me, that extra second-round pick, I think it could come at 49 too. But, again, it's going to have to be a really, really good player in that spot.
1: Now, now, see, I agree with you as far as how the Steelers are going to handle it. This is absolutely going to be the part of their plan, like something crazy would have to happen otherwise. But do you think it's the right move? Like just as a person who analyzes the Steelers, should they be adding to the weapon tank for, for, for Kenny Pickett or focusing more on him with this draft?
2: I think eventually you're probably going to have to find a replacement for Deontay Johnson, but that's, that's mm. two years down the road, right? I mean, right. Uh, you know, George Pickens, three years left on that rookie contract, Pat Fryermuth has two years left. You know, they could use the tag on any of those guys. Um, So, yes, I I do think they have to think about that eventually. And I think the nice thing is when Kenny Pickett is in year three or year four, you might be ready to actually build your offense around him um, rather than a running game, right? So, um, you know, I I think that's that's something to keep an eye on. Um, But, again, like this year – I have no issue with them. They draft an offensive tackle at 17, and they don't take a receiver until the fourth round. I I think they have certain priorities in this draft. I think receiver is one of them. I just don't think it's a top priority right now.
1: Yeah, I I feel you on that. And to me, I don't think that's a bad approach right now. The Steelers, when they've been able to win the last two years, they've won 18 games in two seasons, nine, nine wins a season. In each of those games, they've done A, kept the team to 20 points or less – and or along with B winning the turn winning or tying the turnover battle they've won with defense and with controlling the ball and that's not saying that you shouldn't invest into Kenny Pickett but I think it's also an acknowledgement you're not going to probably get the best version of Kenny Pickett next year you're not you're not adding to a a 32 year old Ben Roethlisberger who's in his prime like the Steelers were doing in the 2010s when they kept trying to draft more wide receivers just get all the get all the weapons get all the weapons I don't think that there's time to do that for Kenny Pickett and Mike Tom even talked about as much with the owners' meetings. We've seen kind of talk about the emphasis of building the run game, building the defense. I just think that that's the that's the way, and it doesn't mean that they don't care about building around Kenny Pickett or giving him more opportunities to succeed. It just means he's got to fit into the puzzle the puzzle that they've kind of built together right now. And quarterback and your know, quarterback production isn't the biggest thing that's going to win games for this for this roster the way it's made.
2: Yeah, Chris, think back to November. Uh, when Chase Claypool was still on this roster, one of the reasons they felt comfortable dealing him um, was they did like the depth at receiver that they had, but also it simplified things for Kenny Pickett. He didn't have to worry about feeding Chase Claypool anymore when that was maybe a a little bit of an issue. And he could just take care of George Pickens, and he could take care of uh, of Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryer. So, you know, if you think about it, let's say a hypothetical. Uh, Let's say – you know, Jordan Addison is there at 32. Like, realistically, how many targets could you get for Jordan Addison?
1: I agree. During his
2: rookie season, right? I mean, yeah. you're, you're talking about, you know, the equivalent of a number four receiver. So, you know, I, I just don't get, you know, what the value would be um, for them there. You know, I would be all on board with a, with a very good receiver early in the 2024 draft. I just don't see it right now.
1: And, and one thing we've seen year after year – Almost every year, there's a bunch of talented receivers that come through. It's not like if you, like this year, there is an exceptional tight end class, an exceptional cornerback class. Those don't always happen. Receiver, there's, in a lot of draft classes, you can look and say, like, man, there's about 10 receivers that if I add to my roster, I'm confident they're going to at least contribute in their four years of their of their rookie deal and then maybe become a veteran that we signed for, for the long term. But the the Steelers, and the Steelers have shown that. That's what they were doing for the longest time with their receivers. So I'm right with you. I just I wanted to explore this with you because I think that there's been we've we've done the hyper focusing on what the Steelers need to do to improve their roster, but I think it's important not to lose sight of what Kenny Pickett is, and I I honestly think the biggest thing that can happen for Kenny Pickett is the development of Kenny Pickett, which we talked about on Wednesday with Brian, Brian Batko about the hiring of Glenn Thomas, another pair of offensive eyes. How much can this can, can the Steelers do to, to continue developing him, and how much sharper can he get there? I think that that's the primary concern, that's something we won't see until the Steelers take the field next year, because uh, even in training camp, it's just training camp. Until we see him play in regular season football, we won't know how that is played out.
2: Yeah, a lot of his story has yet uh, to be told, Chris, and I think his development um, this year, I think you're going to see him take a big step, but again, um, the time for him to be like a franchise quarterback, carry the offense, I don't think that's going to happen in 2023
1: i hear you on that i want to talk to you more about some of these top 30 visits that have that have come through that you wrote about for the pittsburgh post-gazette we'll do that in just a minute here on the north shore drive podcast so don't go anywhere but first i want to talk to you guys about the great app called game time what is game time game is your opportunity to get tickets for your favorite events without having to stress out about it. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Killer deals on last-minute ticket options with the best price guarantee that this company offers. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have. If you download the GameTime app, it allows you to book tickets up to the last minute if you didn't plan far out in advance or just your schedule opened up like mine often does, and I'm like, man, how can I get to that game or how can I get to that that, that event? I want to be in there. Here's where GameTime comes in for you. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, Concerts, comedy, theater, and much, much more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PITT for $20 off your first purchase. Or go to their website, GameTime.co, that's G-A-M-E-T-I-M-E. C O terms apply. Create an account and redeem code P-I-T-T. Pit all capital letters, all one word for twenty dollars off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Ray Fittapottle, talking Steelers here. We will get to Jason Mackey about the Pirates and their 4-2 start after sweeping the Red Sox and how they look heading into their home opener that, that, that comes this Friday and the uh, the blackout that's been requested. All of that will be talked about on the show. But I want to talk more about the about the draft business the Steelers have been pulling in. Ray, uh, a big name came, it, it came through in Christian Gonzalez, the Oregon cor- cornerback, who some people have slated as the top corner in this draft class um that was a that was a, a big woe to me because a lot of the guys that the Steelers have brought in you know the Emmanuel Forbes is the Julius Brents the Deontay Banks and uh, those are just cornerback names but even guys like Keanu Benton, Dewan Jones, Osiris Torrance all those guys are projected to go like late first early second mid second even late second Christian Gonzalez is one of those dudes that's way up there we haven't seen them call too many of those guys in for top 30 visits is there a sense that maybe they'll trade up for him?
2: I don't know if there's a sense for that. It could be, I mean, there's two things. It could be that, right? Or it could be they're doing their due diligence and, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. there's a chance that he falls to 17. So, um, you know, I I think, you know, with Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan going to the pro days, you know, for the SEC schools and the Big Ten schools, the schools that are, um, you know, in the general area of the Steelers, they don't venture to the West Coast um, very often. You know, you'll see – position coaches go out there, scouts go out there, but you don't see Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan go to schools like USC or Oregon. So right. I think this is their way. Okay. We are interested in Christian Gonzalez. We're going to bring you in. We're going to put you on the whiteboard. We're going to do all that stuff we would normally do with you um, maybe on campus, but we're just going to bring you in to our facility. Now, Chris, I, I haven't seen him in a mock draft below 15, um, I've seen him in the top ten, much more so than I've seen him between say eleven um, and fifteen or sixteen. So the likely of him being there, I don't think it's very good. Possibility for a trade up, yeah. I mean, Omar Khan said everything is on the table, so I think you have to leave that door open. Um, so, but I, I'm with you. You know, my brow was raised a little bit when I when I heard he was coming in today, um, and it just shows you six cornerbacks have come in. Six offensive linemen have come in. There is no guesswork. They are going to take an offensive lineman early in the top two rounds, three rounds, and they're going to do the same with cornerback. Those two positions will be addressed, and they will be addressed early.
1: I, I agree with you there. And and it, you got to explore your options there. And I think it's really cool how you brought up, you know, this is just there could be a due diligence of just getting to know this guy. That's what they do with Micah Fitzpatrick. That's how, they, that's, that's how they operate. Mike Tomlin, one of the reasons I think Mike Tomlin is so beloved across the NFL is that he has done – more than the groundwork not just with players but with coaches to make sure that he establishes relationships with guys and he values those relationships and christian gonzalez even if he never comes to the steelers you know look at patrick peterson he came to the steelers he's like you know i've, I've always loved mike tomlin and patrick peterson how many times ray have did you have you sat here at this time of the year or when free agency was about to open and steelers fans were tweeting at you right are they gonna sign or are they gonna trade for patrick peterson and now yes he's at the tail end of his career But he has a relationship with Mike Tomlin. He likes Mike Tomlin, and he's excited to play for the organization. That stuff has value. So I'm with you on Christian Gonzalez. They are heavily invested into cornerback as a position, so why not take a look at one of the top guys out there? Other guys that they had visit, though, Keon White, uh, of Georgia Tech, a defensive lineman, Steve Avila, uh, the guard interior offensive lineman for TCU, and cornerback Darius Rush, another one of those corners we talked about, who's projected to go a bit later. Like there's that, I'd say that there's that first tier where you have Gonzalez, Witherspoon, Porter. You, you want to throw Deontay Banks in there, fine. Then there's that second tier with like Julius Brent, Emmanuel Ford, those guys. Personally, I put Darius Rush on like a third tier after after those guys though, I was just talking about there. And that's fine. He can go in the third or fourth round. But I think that he'd be a heck of of an addition here, especially if they're doubling up at cornerback. I I think that if he's the lone cornerback pick, I think there's going to be some legitimate disappointment about adding to that cornerback room.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they doubled down on corners either, Chris. But, you know, Rush is 6'2". I think he's up um, like in the 190s, low 200s. Um, So I think if they took a second corner, um, you know, I would think it would be like a slot guy, you know, a guy who was 5'10", 5'11", who could maybe, you know, fill that slot role where Arthur Amolet is slotted in right now. Um, But we all know he's kind of like a run-stopping nickel. He's not really uh, a guy where they want in there in passing situations. So everyone they brought in here to this point has uh, has been a bigger corner, um, an outside corner. Um, you know I guess Brent's I mean he's what six foot I, I guess there's a chance they could view him differently but you know I think we've talked about this before this is not um, a draft with a ton of uh, 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 slot corners or yeah. highly graded slot corners. There are a lot of big tall athletic outside corners but those those slot corners you know which the Steelers need they're yeah. not prevalent in this draft you're gonna have to go find one. I think maybe third or fourth in the later rounds. I,
1: I do wonder if a slot corner is because like if getting an outside and an inside corner, you know, Emmanuel Forbes, he's a guy that can play outside, but he's so light. He's what he came into the combine at 166. And yes, he's six foot one, but he's a guy I'd be interested to see. Could he slide in and play play slide? Uh, Trevius Hodges Tomlinson, uh, you know, we know the Steelers love their bloodlines. He's yep. a guy. He's smaller. He could play the slot there, and he would be another guy there, and that would be interesting. But Darius Rush, an interesting piece there, as far as playing outside. If the Steelers were to double up at cornerback, I, I think it's the most likely position they do double up at. You know, whereas you know, offensive tackle, if they get to, I feel like you know they're forcing out Chakuma Core for uh, on top of Dan Moore, and I'm not so sure they want they have that in the cards unless they just. You know, a, a guy falls and they're like, we can't, we can't pass that guy up. He's just the guy that we that, that that's valued too well there. Um, but you know, I just I, I look at this and I think, man, the the corners that they keep bringing in. And again, we look at the corners they brought in: Brents, Banks, uh, Forbes, Gonzalez, Rush, Steven, yeah, you know, Tyreek Stevenson. A lot of these guys are slated to go there, and a lot of those guys are out- outside corners. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what they settle on as a future pick for the team.
2: Yeah, one more name as a slot corner you did not mention, Clark Phillips from Utah. Uh, but like like Tomlinson, he's five eight. Um, his comp or five nine. He might be five nine, but um, Clark Phillips uh, Phillips's comp is Mike Hilton. So mm-hmm. um, again, but they haven't brought any of those guys in. They didn't yeah. bring in Tomlinson. They didn't bring in Clark Phillips. Now they got about twelve more. So we'll see what happens over the next um, you know week or so. They usually cut off these visits you know, the week before the draft. So we'll see if they bring any slot corners in, but, you know, to this point it's been all big, tall, physical outside corners that they've, uh, you know, been scouting both on the road and here at the UPMC Rooney sports complex.
1: Absolutely. There's a lot still to happen there. Um, we'll be keeping you up to date with things, things here. Ray, thank you so much for your time and all the, the hard work that you do to keep up with the Pittsburgh Steelers and all their moves. We're, we'll keep talking Steelers when we come back next week, but next it's time for the Buccos. Jason Mackey has been hard at work. He covered their two first road trips there. Now they're back in Pittsburgh. They're set for a home opener. That's set to be packed at PNC Park. All the excitement behind that. We're gonna get to all of that and what to expect and what has happened with the with the Pirates' a hot start with Jason Mackey in a minute. Don't go anywhere. The North Shore Drive Podcast from Pittsburgh Post Gazette will be right back. <music> We're back here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, and we have now switched. We've got Jason Mackey on, our esteemed Pirates beat writer here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Jason is back from Bradenton. He's back from Boston. He's back from everywhere. He's been all over, and now he's back in Pittsburgh for the home opener. I'll get questions did questions to you, Jason, on the home opener first, but what's it been like covering this Pirates team that's got this hot start right now, 4-2 and two, coming off a sweep of the Boston Red Sox?
3: A lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. I'm smiling. Um, it's a good team to be around. It really is. There's a good vibe. It's been that way since spring training. Um, you know, and obviously they didn't play. I don't, I don't want to say they played poorly in Cincinnati. They just didn't do some things. And then they go to Boston completely different outcome um you know the the process of what went into it but it's just a really fun team Chris it really is and I've been saying this to people like I think the Pirates can take steps forward this year I do think they're going to take steps forward this year and I think the way they do it they're going to be interesting you saw like you can't help but enjoy watching O'Neal Cruz Um, catch that G1 Bay made in Boston I mean my goodness Mm -hmm. Brian Reynolds the zone he was in what Andrew McCutcheon has done for this team, some of the veterans that are coming in and contributing and doing good things, like this is just—it's such a fun group to be around.
1: Absolutely, and it seems like it's—it's fun right now. Brian Reynolds hitting four seventeen, uh, McCutcheon with an on-base percentage of five twenty-two, uh, looking really really solid right now. But I got to talk to you about the 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 new guy, Mitch Keller, throwing heat. I got to say, I was watching that game. I I, I had just finished like an, a podcast episode. And then I turn on that game, and then I see the ball that they said was a home run, and then it wasn't. And I went like, well, I'm just cursing them. But then it wasn't a, <laughs> ball, a home run. It was a foul ball. And then Mitch Keller delivers a heck of a strikeout. I'm like, okay, Mitch Keller, I see you out there. What? <laughs> how have you seen his start with the with the Pirates this year?
3: Wow. I Mitch has grown up a lot. Man, he really has. And, you know, I my first road trip on the beat was when Mitch made his MLB debut. I've seen every one of his starts and wow, like this kid was in the dumps in 2021. Mm -hmm. And now we're talking about a dude with six pitches who used them all effectively against the Red Sox. I picked up a Boston Globe this morning and I was reading a quote. It was the end quote. I forget who said it. But basically like this guy made us look stupid with six pitches. All of them good dominated us like that's who Mitch Keller has become, man. Three different kinds of fastballs. Not only a four-seamer, which was getting hit hard. Not only a sinker, but the way he's playing with his cutter and just the confidence with Mitch, man. That's mm. that's the thing that like he got beat around and he was beaten down and he kept fighting and he's he's in this thing and now you see him out there with no sleeves, chucking heat past <laughs> the guys. Like, and, and you know what I like, Chris? This is the final point I'll make on Mitch. He's at one hundred finishes the game at one hundred seven pitches. Like old Derek Shelton, old treatment of Pirates pitchers, would he yanked them long before that. And they let mm-hmm. him go. And I love it, man. Let the ace go, let him do his thing, and he's he's living up to his end of the bargain, too.
1: We got to get to, of course, the big day that everyone wants to talk about too. That's O'Neal Cruz. Comes out, uh he has he has he has what six hits. In, uh, in twenty in 23 at-bats, he's got a double, uh, has that home run, three ribbies so far. How have you seen his approach this year? How is he different from last year, at least in how he started the season?
3: Yeah, a lot of what we've seen from Cruz has just been an additional layer of patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he came up last year and was really trying to do a lot, impress people. He's going to hit everything super hard, super far, um, and he's dialed it back a little bit. You see him taking more. You see him sticking to his plan, sticking to what works for him. He's been better left on left. It hasn't been perfect by any stretch. He has certainly chased pitches. I'm not presenting it as he's a finished product, but that area of his game has improved. And I think he's holding himself to a higher standard. I watched O'Neill Cruz in Boston uh, strike out on, and didn't have a particularly good at bat. Shuts his bat up the third mm-hmm. baseline. like, I got it. Um, he's only made one error which for him through six games, playing a lot, cold weather, I think is pretty darn good. Um, His defense has looked better. It really has. And I, I think he, at this rate, should be able to perform better defensively. So he's growing up, man. It's a mature approach. Still a real toolsy kid, super fun to watch, but we're seeing him grow up.
1: One thing you and I talked about before you went to Bradenton was the need for the veterans that were added to this roster, like Kutch, like Santana, to kind of help cultivate, you know, some culture, some belief, some understanding with the younger guys in this roster. What kind of leadership roles have you seen some of those veterans take so far in the clubhouse?
3: Oh, buddy. It's been big, Chris. It really has. It's been been really important for this team. I'm going to start with Kutch. I think the other guy, it's it's not to um, tamp down the other guys. It's just like there is such a noticeable presence with this guy. It's awesome to watch. And he didn't come into Pirate City and act like he ran the joint. And he could. He's Andrew McCutcheon. He can walk right. around, do whatever the heck he wants to. But he's quiet, doesn't say too much. I was asking him early on about like his approach with that stuff. He said, man, I don't know anybody here. Like That's not my style. I'm going to get to know people. And and he sort of you know back-channeled it a little bit. And now you're seeing it come out a little bit more. He's like just constantly sort of talking to guys and in the middle of things, he's around, he's present. Um, There's just such a great demeanor to him, but it's not just Cutch, right? Like Santana has been outstanding. Um, Rich Hill has been great in his own way. Um, Austin Hedges is one of the more like extroverted guys that you're going to like hear talking a lot. He's like this really intense catching nerd. But, you know, you can't help but talk to him about pitching and get fired up. And so the the veteran guys, Chris, I mean, they've been productive. And uh, G-Man Choi, by the way, is a a total riot. Like he needs to play better, (laughs) hit better, but he is a lot of fun and could be for this group. So I really like the veterans they brought in. I think it it is not a coincidence that the vibe is better based on what these guys have done
1: man jason you got me excited over here like you understand i grew i grew up in the 90s you know my first real playoff team that i remember ever seeing was that 2010 the the mid-2010 squad that kind of made their run and you got me over here feeling like okay Buckos, like there's something to be to be hyped about now it seems like there is a lot of excitement for opening day friday the day this episode's coming out we're recording this on thursday of course they're playing the white Sox at home there's been calls for a blackout What is your expectation of what you're going to see? Uh, uh, Hill's going to be making making the first start in this series. How do you see this team heading into their first
3: homestand? Chris, I'm quite confident that the atmosphere that is out. No, I I was not on the beat for the 2013 wildcard game. So Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. Like I have not seen an atmosphere like we're going to see on Friday. I don't think anybody has seen an atmosphere like we're going to see on Friday since 13, 14, 15. I really don't. And, I mean, that's not saying this team's going back to the playoffs because I don't think they are, but I think they're headed in that direction. And I think there's going to be such an outpouring for uh, for Andrew McCutcheon, obviously, but for Burnett, Russell Martin, the way that goes down. The blackout is perfect. My boy Mike, Michael McHenry, a part of that. I love seeing it. Um, and it, that's just, you know, it, it's the vibe around this team right now, man. Like, people should start – I have a column. I don't know when it's going, but it's basically saying to, like – Give this group a chance. They're fun. You know, like they're not all the way there. The Pirates haven't done everything perfectly, but man, this group is fun. They're worth following. I do think they're on the right path. I do think they can do this and figure it out. And we're just starting to see those signs. And, you know, I'm excited to see what Rich Hill does on Friday. I, he's looked better in spring training than he has. Um, he had that, that one inning in Cincinnati, whatever, but then locked him down. I have no concerns about him, and he's going to be fine. Brian Brian Hayes is going to be fine. This is going to be a fun team to watch, Chris. I'm convinced of them. Um, you listen.
1: You're convincing me the way that you, you're you sounding, and you said this long, lead, before we even went to Bradenton. You were talking about this, and I was like sitting there like, mm, I don't know, man. I've heard this before on the Pirates, <laughs> but but I, but I'm but hey, man. I'm legit excited. I liked what I've what I've seen so far, and uh, certainly. It's gonna be exciting. It's been. It's gonna be a packed house Friday, uh, fr- Friday afternoon, four twelve for for, uh, for first pitch. It's gonna be really a lot of fun. Jason's gonna have all the amazing coverage right there from PNC Park in the North Shore of Pittsburgh. Jason, thanks so much for joining us here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. We'll have you back on soon to keep talking about these Pirates and see how they continue going into this early part of spring. I'm Chris Carter, your host of the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thanks again to Ray Fidapato for his time talking Pittsburgh Steelers. We're back Monday. It's gonna be Brian and Ray hosting the show. Well, I'm coming back from a trip, so get ready for them. But I'll be back Wednesday for for that edition of the North Shore Drive Podcast. From Chris Carter, Jason Mackey, Ray Fitzpatrick, thanks for checking out. Check out all of our great content at at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette at post-gazette.com. See you again next week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the
0: description.